0: Hey Church fam, welcome to Church Online today. It's awesome to be with you. My name is Ben um, and I'm excited to introduce you to the newest, uh, the freshest member of our pastoral team, Benny Sterling. Um, so great to have <laughs> Benny on team. See how excited he is? Uh, so excited to have Benny on the team with us doing um, yeah, a youth role, I guess, interim youth role like Kays on leave. Um, but for everyone out there who's like, Ben, Ben, youth, youth, can you please try and find a distinction between... Between the two of us, <laughs> explain to everyone what do, what is your role? Like, what are you actually doing in this this year to come at PPC?
1: Yeah, uh, great question. Um, so, while you are looking after our Year Seven to Twelve program that happens on Friday night called Arise, um, as well as the groups that meet throughout the week, uh, I, on the other hand, will be looking after our Year Five and Six group called Emerge that meets on Friday nights, as well as our Sunday youth program um, that's currently happening online with these boxes that I'm sure some of you have seen um, show up at your door every now and then yeah
0: yeah, cool. Uh, well, Benny, you've been doing youth for a, a while now. Like you were our intern for, for PBC in twenty nineteen. Um, so you're stepping into a few things that are familiar territory. You're also stepping into some unfamiliar territory. Um, and like, because you've been doing youth, you know there is there's awesome things that we do, right? We get to share the gospel with people who have never heard Jesus' name before. Um, we get to teach young people who Jesus is more, so their their faith grows. And um, we get to be those leaders that nurture our young people um, as you look forward to this year that lies ahead of you, what are you most
1: excited for? Oh man, that is such a good question. Um, look, I think something that's really been exciting me lately, and I'm really looking forward to pressing more into, is we've actually seen a lot of kids and youth, in year five and six, but also in year seven to twelve, who have really just been taking on faith for themselves. Um, it's such a, a weird time, so I think a lot of people are kind of doing a little bit of you know purpose and soul searching and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's just been really encouraging to see, uh, especially a lot of church kids who you know have they've always had Jesus in their lives kind of thing, and they've been through kids' church, so they know the Bible pretty back to front. Um, It's just amazing to see these kids actually taking it on for themselves now. And, um, you know, we're seeing them uh, reading the Bible whenever they want to, um, not just because they're told to by their leaders or by their parents, um, and kids who are constantly praying before they go to bed and when they wake up and wanting to pray when we meet um, at youth as well. So it's just amazing to see these kids growing in their faith and actively being transformed by God
0: yeah yeah we pray for more <laughs> oh please <laughs> yeah um that's so cool i love i love um like what that captures of your heart for our for our young people for our community mm. i think it's really cool um now you should come and you should meet ben like when you can see him face to face or shoot him an email uh, or give him a call i'm sure he'd love to answer
1: i love having facebook uh, friends as well why not? I love
0: facebook friends <laughs> uh benny benny's awesome he's gifted and i'm excited to see what god is going to do through you this year but like as i was saying like A lot of this is unfamiliar territory and a lot of new and exciting things. Um, And and I guess when we step into those places that we haven't been before, um, we kind of have a new opportunity to depend on God Mm. and and have have faith in God expressed in in a new and exciting way. Um, So leading into this year, how can we as a church community be supporting you in in prayer or practically?
1: Yeah. Uh, Look, just prayer around wisdom and clarity, honestly um yeah it's i mean it's it's weird times and you know better than anyone that it's 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 tricky trying to figure out how do we do youth ministry in this time um so yeah honestly prayer around trying to uh discern where god is taking our ministry um and how we can be continually investing in the lives of these kids whether that is in person or over zoom or i don't know any other creative kind of idea we can come up with <laughs>
0: yeah yeah, awesome. Um now if this was a live service, uh or as in like we we're all in the same room, uh we'd be Chuck and Ben in the middle of our auditorium and we'd be laying hands on hands on hands and creating an awesome intricate web of of, of prayer. Um but no, we're not. Um so can I pray for you? Is that cool? Like I would love, love that. that. Yeah, awesome. Please join us in prayer. Um yeah, let's do it, yeah. Um Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much uh for Benny Stell and Lord. Thank you for calling this man into this role for this time. Um Lord, thank you for the giftings that you've placed inside of him. And we pray that this year would be an awesome, uh awesome time of nurturing and growing um in, in what it means for him to be your child and also to be a leader within this community. Um and Lord, we just pray your blessing over him, over his family, over his social life, over his personal life, um, over it all as it yeah. Slightly shifts, I guess, into this year. Um, Lord, we're excited to see what you're going to do through Him, um, and with anticipation and faith, we just give it into Your hands, God. You can do so much more than we can. Um, so we just pray for Your Spirit to be to be leading Him into every single um, moment of ministry in this year to come. So in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Uh, well, Vic's going to lead us in worship now. So thank you, Vic.
2: Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to worship. It's good to come together to worship our God. Um, He is amazing. And I just want to read a little bit of what he says about himself, about Jesus from um, the book of Isaiah. It's out of the Big Rescue Bible. So uh, he says, here is my servant. I have made him strong. He's my chosen one. And I'm pleased with him. I have given him my spirit and he will bring justice to the nations. He won't shout or yell or call out in the streets. He won't break off a bent reed or put out a dying flame, but he will make sure that justice is done. He won't quit or give up until he brings justice everywhere on earth and people in foreign nations long for his teaching. I am the Lord God. I created the heavens like an open tent above. I made the earth and everything that grows on it. I am the source of life for all who live on this earth. So listen to what I say. I chose you to bring justice and I'm here at your side. I created and sent you to bring light and my promise of hope to the nations. You will give sight to the blind. You will set prisoners free from dark dungeons. My name is the Lord. I won't let idols or humans share my glory and praise. Everything has happened just as I said it would. Now I will announce what will happen next. Tell the whole world to sing a new song to the Lord. Tell those who sail the ocean and those who live far away to join in the praise. Tell the tribes of the desert and everyone in the mountains to celebrate and sing. Let them announce his praises everywhere so that's what we're doing together. As the church, we're announcing the praises of God. He's worthy to be praised because he is justice. He brings justice. And so, uh, yeah, I just invite you to fix your eyes on Jesus. Invite him into your space. Lord, come. Would we feel your presence, Lord? The one who was and who is and who is to come. We declare that you are God. We've come to worship you.
3: Now has ended In the kingdom of light In the kingdom of light Forever under your dominion You're the king of my.
4: Have you ever been in a boat on a really rough sea? A number of years ago, Steve and I boarded a boat, together with about 50 other passengers, to cross a lake in Tiano in New Zealand. Now it was night time, so we couldn't really tell what the weather was like until we hit the middle of the lake and waves began crashing over our little boat. My fear level rose as water began to pour in through the doors and the windows. And probably the most disconcerting thing was that it was pitch black outside and so you couldn't tell when the next wave was coming. All you could do was just hang on for dear life. In Mark 4, there's a story of the disciples crossing the Sea of Galilee when a storm whipped up. Now, these guys were seasoned fishermen. So, you know, they had been through storms before. In fact, the Sea of Galilee was geographically prone to storms. But this particular storm was threatening to swamp them. Mark tells us that high waves were breaking over their boat and it was beginning to fill with water. And finally, in desperation, the disciples go to Jesus who is in the back of the boat asleep. You know, I believe that right now we are all navigating the rough seas of what it means to live in a pandemic. But for some of us, there are additional waves of hard things that are hitting the little boat of our lives right now and it's hard going. I've really wrestled with this message today because the sense that I have for what Jesus wants to say just seems too simple. And it's simply this, that no matter what the storm is that you're going through, or what those waves of hard things that are coming against you are, that Jesus' invitation is to come to him. He is in the boat with you. He's not watching on from afar. And his invitation is, come, come to me. The impression that we get in Mark 4 is that when the storm began, the disciples were doing their best to weather it in their own strength because that's what seasoned fishermen do, right? But it was only when they went to Jesus that they were able to experience the kind of stillness that only he can bring. Jesus rebuked the wind and the waves and the seas became calm. As we take up Jesus' invitation to come to him, there is a stillness, a safe harbour that can be found in him even when the waves continue to pound. I've asked a few of our PBC family to share their experience of going to Jesus in the midst of the storm. And you know how sometimes we share stories from the past after it's all done and dusted and we have the, the benefit of hindsight and the perspective that time brings on things? Well, that's not where these stories are coming from today. Each of these people are still very much in the midst of the storm. And I've asked them to share how they have sought to anchor in Christ when the waves are still pounding and they're very much still in the mix of emotions of stress or grief or feeling stretched or anxious. How have they found a safe harbour in Christ in the midst of the storm? Let's hear their stories.
5: For 2020, I started the year <clears throat> with pneumonia, which is why my voice is the way it is. I was intubated for a couple of days and in the process of either putting the tube in or putting it out, um, I got a damaged larynx. So that's um, not just the rest of the year that's caused my voice to be like this. That was predominantly the pneumonia, um, which I'm still recovering from. On June 16, I got a call. My third son, Lewis, had been in a motorcycle accident. As you do, I dropped everything and headed for the hospital. The care flight doctor and the attending paramedic and the care flight doctor told me that she was extremely concerned for Lewis due to... He was being non-responsive when they attended the scene. And after forty-five minutes he still remained unresponsive. Once we found out we we messaged people at church and other friends, and a huge amount of people started praying. And until you've been through something like this, I don't think it could ever be explained the difference that makes. I felt it when I was first in ICU, when I'd heard before people talk about lifting someone up in prayer. And to me, that was just lifting them to the top of the pile or just lifting them in your thoughts. But when I was in ICU, I felt physically lifted by prayer. After five weeks, he left ICU for the... Neurotrauma Unit, where he was for two weeks. And now he's in the Brain Injury Rehabilitation Unit. His score on the coma scale is around nine. Eight and below is considered comatose. There's some of the ways that I've sought to anchor in Christ through this. Often it's it can be trying to get the space either through a drive or a walk just to shut out all the other noise and try and talk to God and just seek his comfort and refuge. Um, a couple of times at the hospital they have a prayer chapel and I've gone in there for half an hour or an hour and just felt the sense of peace that God was there. And wasn't going anywhere. Um, There's some music that that I listen to—Christian music, um, usually in the car with no one else, because it'll make me cry. But uh, one of those is the song "Join Invincible," which um, pretty
3: much,
5: pretty much sums things up. But uh, sometimes you have to go back to those things to remember how far it's come and that you can keep going. If we're not able to focus on God sustaining Tanya and I, um, it would be terribly difficult to deal with at the moment, even more so than it is.
6: Two and a half years ago, our family entered a period of struggling events and both Ingrid and I felt God was saying to us, there's more to come. This season culminated with my dad being diagnosed with a brain tumour. My dad died six weeks ago and 2020 has been a big year for our family. Since my dad's diagnosis, when I've read the Bible or prayed, I've felt like I've been staring at a blank white wall. Connecting with God has been difficult and sensing his presence and sensitivity to his spirit has felt non-existent. During this time, I found connection through music, which is not unusual for me, but this was even deeper. I've been consistently reminded to hold strong to the promises of God. Through that white blank wall I was seeing, I learned to surrender, to trust, and to give over control to hand over our situation and my dad's salvation to God. Other people spoke into my life during this time with words and dreams, and I was reminded by others of God's grace, mercy, faithfulness, and compassion. It was important to identify these times God spoke, as this was often the only times I heard him. To have faith in my dad's salvation was all I could give. In the end, my dad believed in God and knew Jesus loved him. And right before my dad's funeral, we had a small intimate family time of worship and God broke through. Both Ingrid and I felt a settling of our spirits and a peace that was certainly beyond understanding. And that peace has carried through. That white wall, I've learned, is a painter's canvas and Christ is the painter. And I need to allow him to take control of the artwork, the canvas of life. He is the sculptor and I am the clay. And through chaos, there was stability, his timing, his truths, his promises.
7: Well, the last few years have been um, very challenging to me on several fronts. Um, I've had several really life-changing experiences. And then... January last year, I was diagnosed with advanced gynecological cancer. What a shock. 2019 disappeared into a blur of CT scans, blood tests, chemo, massive surgery, more chemo. So for 2020, I was looking forward to a year of healing, renewal and rest. But on New Year's Eve, I found myself in emergency emergency at Sydney Venter's Hospital in agony with a bowel obstruction, a side effect from the surgery last year. In the surgery that followed, they found some small, small tumours that didn't show up in the CT scan. The cancer was back. Tiny, inoperable tumours, but blessedly inactive. My oncologist started me on a new round of stronger chemo. Easter came, Easter Sunday finds me back in hospital again, yet another more serious bowel obstruction, emergency surgery. Now I'm back on this chemo again with blessedly few side effects by the grace of God. Some of the specific ways I've sought to anchor myself in Christ during this time has been, I have no choice. I can't anchor myself in my own feelings because they're all over the place. Christ is the only anchor I can have. Sometimes I forget and have meltdowns, but God just draws me back to him. I've chosen to sign up for daily devotions to come into my email. That's a constant reminder when I forget. I choose to be deliberately mindful of Christ at times, just sit down and deliberately focus on him and be aware of his presence. I have an amazing, amazing network of friends and support and people praying for me. And I know at any time there's someone at the end of the phone I can reach out to who can support me and walk me through the spiritual journey as well as the emotional. I try and run three times a week. I've been ordered to by my oncologist, which is very handy because I enjoy it anyway, Um, but that time I use that to just dump all my cares, all my worries, everything onto Jesus and ask for his direction. Particular ways that I've experienced God over the last couple of years, there's so many. I live alone and work at home, so I'm alone a lot, but I'm never alone. I never feel like I'm alone. I always feel like there's someone with me. God manifests himself to me in so, so many ways. I have Bible verses that just pop up randomly in Facebook posts, emails, articles I read, and they're always just what I need just at that time. Sometimes I find myself humming a worship song, and I don't even realise I'm doing it, Then I stop and realise God's put a song in my heart. This just meets where I'm at at that time, it never ceases to blow me away. One of the recent times I've really been aware of God's presence was when I had to go and see the oncologist a week and a half ago. I really sometimes struggle with the courage just to face another medical team. And sometimes the words aren't encouraging that I hear, so this time I felt particularly, particularly vulnerable. And I remember just giving myself over to God totally as I drove down Old Windsor Road. And the verse came to me about him, me being in the shadow of his wings. And then a few minutes later on the radio, some words from a song came that my name was written on his heart. Thank you Lord. And one Bible verse that keeps coming up over and over and over again, it keeps coming up in the strangest places and in the weirdest ways, is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. And it's just God's constant reassurance that he does have a plan for my life.
8: Yeah, so I started my year with... Uh, pretty significant amount of optimism. I was looking forward to a number of things that Gret and I had placed into our diaries for the year. Um, and a number of the facets of my life, uh, looked to be pretty rosy. Uh, and obviously the COVID emerged, um, and that had some pretty significant impacts. Um, uh, I wouldn't suggest all of those impacts have been negative. Uh, some of them have been positive, certainly for an introvert like me. Um, valuing the reduction in societal pressure to actually have to engage with people outside of my front door. But uh I guess it also brought challenges, similar challenges to many who are parents in a workforce, uh learning what school homeschooling looks like, um learning how to engage with others um through virtual means as opposed to physical means. Um, the the most significant challenges though have probably been uh, just an increased burden um, that comes with, I guess, my leadership roles in a number of different areas. Um, all of a sudden, the decisions that I was making just seemed to have uh, that much more impact. You know, I could have make a decision that impacts on somebody's livelihood or make a decision that impacts on somebody's health or the resilience and sustainability of the organisation that I'm involved in leading. Um, and that burden just seemed to be multiplied because of the COVID. Um, so I guess, uh, in my response to that, I, I, I sought comfort and solace, um, in spiritual disciplines that I guess I find helpful and easy to do as, uh, what I would say an, an introverted person. I'm energized by being away from others. Um, so I engaged in, uh, in more time in the scriptures, um, spending more time in focused prayer and also i guess uh, engaging in a little bit more journaling um something a discipline that i hadn't really done heaps of those three things combined i found um really comforting and really helpful um, and and god would reveal himself um through his word and um in in just i guess listening to him in times of prayer but if i'm honest the most significant thing that's probably emerged for me is for some reason god has placed me on other people's hearts um and despite my uh, my attraction to being on my own and spending a lot of time in my own company, I have been sought out by others to engage with them in doing these spiritual disciplines. Uh, other people have engaged with me randomly to say, hey, can I be pr- praying with you as you work through some of these things that I'm sensing? Or some people have actually uh o- organized regular catch-ups with me on a weekly or a fortnightly basis. Uh, and so in that time, I guess the thing that, that God has been teaching me and the most significant thing that's emerged for me in addressing these challenges is, is just, uh, I guess, an intentionality about being open to those people God will place into my life for my benefit as much as for theirs. Mm. And out of that have had to look myself for those people who I will engage with and who I will approach and say, Hey, do you mind if I pray with you? Do you, do you mind if I? Uh, just to help you to sense what the Spirit is teaching you.
4: Thank you, Malcolm, Troy, Lynn and Shane for your vulnerability. It's real stories that remind us that we're not alone in the hardship that we face and that encourage us to keep drawing near to God, even when it's hard. There's a promise in Psalm 84, verses 5 to 7, and it goes like this. What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. When they walk through the Valley of Weeping, it will become a place of refreshing springs. The autumn rain will clothe it with blessings. They will continue to grow stronger, and each of them will appear before God in Jerusalem. You know, I love that in the testimonies that we just heard that each of them bear witness to this truth of God's grace, giving them strength to sustain them in all of their different experiences. But I also identify with this concept of us having to set our minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. You see, back when this was written, Jerusalem was the place literally where God's presence was. And so God's people would come from wherever they lived in outlying areas and they'd take this journey to be near to God's presence. For us, of course, it's a journey of a different kind. Do you know, one of the things that stood out to me in the stories that we just heard was that each of these people just keep setting their hearts on pilgrimage, Each of them are making deliberate choices to draw near to God, even when it's hard and their emotions might be all over the place. And I love that it looks different for each of them. For Troy, when the usual pathways of reading God's word and and praying haven't brought him the same sense of connection that they used to because he's kind of gone numb from grief, he has persevered in this pilgrimage And he has sought God through worship music and in paying attention to how God might be speaking in other ways. For Shane, when the busyness and pressure of life, you know, they could just take him away from drawing near to God altogether. But instead, Shane has set his heart on pilgrimage using spiritual disciplines, timing God's word, time in prayer, and then exploring this new discipline of journaling but then also recognising that though he could happily do these alone, that actually the rich place right now is doing them in relationship with others. For Lynette, who recognises that she can't anchor in her own feelings right now because they're all over the place, and so she has put some deliberate reminders in place devotions that come up in her emails each day, verses that pop up in her phone, listening to, to Christian radio in the car, just concrete ways that God is able to speak to her in timely moments. And did you notice the other healthy practices that she's sought to build in? Just exercise. But as she does, she's just identifying what's really going on for me and she's giving her emotions over to God, building that place of intimacy with him as she runs and also for her just taking those times to sit with the Lord and to reach out to friends as she needs to and then for Malcolm even though he experienced the extraordinary grace and peace of God lifting him up as others prayed for him as his incredibly difficult journey continues he has been taking the pilgrimage to God's presence by carving out space through a walk or a drive or times in the hospital chapel where he, he could just talk with God and seek God's presence and refuge. And again, that place of Christian music to minister to the deep places. Once again, asking for prayer. Can I read Psalm 84 again? What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. When they walk through the valley of weeping, it will become a place of refreshing springs. The autumn rains will clothe it with blessing. They will continue to grow stronger. And each of them will appear before God in Jerusalem. Isn't that a beautiful promise? There is no place that is too barren, too hard or too dry that God cannot bring refreshing to. And he will increase our strength to persevere in whatever our situation is. And so as I shared at the beginning of today, I sense that Jesus' invitation is simply this, that no matter what your storm is, or what the waves of hardship that might be coming against you are. Jesus is inviting you to come to me. There is a safe harbour, a stillness that can be found in his presence. Can I lead you in a meditation exercise? So what I'd love you to do is to close your eyes and to place your palms down in your lap. This is a posture of releasing. And I just invite you to bring to mind the things that feel hard or stressful right now or perhaps the things that are making you sad. And as they come to mind, just release them one by one to God. Just say, God, I give you, just name it, whatever it might be. Release the things that are obvious to you. But then also allow God to just bring to mind perhaps some things that you haven't named but are sitting there in your emotions as well. still on your lap I invite you to turn your palms over so they're facing upward and this is a posture of receiving from the Lord Charity is going to read some truths from God's word over us I just want to invite you to listen to any that resonate for you and receive them from the Lord
9: Peace I leave you My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. The Lord gives strength to his people, the Lord blesses his people with peace. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I would strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. My flesh and my heart may fail. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wedless groans.
4: Jesus, thank you that true peace and strength comes from you. Thank you for the safe harbour of your presence. And thank you for your promise that you are with us always. Amen.
3: In Christ alone My comforter, my all in all Here in the love of Christ I stand In Christ alone He's gone by the ones he can
0: Well, thanks for joining us today. Um, if, if there's anything coming up for you uh, whilst listening to Kathy's sermon and those those testimonies, and uh, please do reach out to someone in our community or, or reach out to the pastoral team. We'd love to support, to pray for you. Um, or, or hey, if you are gathered with a few people in in a room right now, then like when this video stops, just let's share with each other and, and pray and support each other in this moment. Um, I think it's really cool as like we are the body right here, right now. Our next week, uh, Sons of Korah are going to be hijacking our service and they're going to be leading us through the psalms. So come ready to engage with that. It's, I'm looking forward to it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be good. Uh, but until then, have a wonderful week.
3: I'm recording. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the blue <laughs> <laughs>